Welcome to Inside a Boat, ladies and gentlemen. How y'all doing? I'm your host, Dave Jones, and we are back with another episode. And this one I'm actually really excited about because we're going to be talking about the market, the Pierce County housing market, um, and all the things in the context around it. Because, you know, as we know, we are going into another year. Um, the year before the election year, we had a crazy year in 22 in terms of rate hikes going up, uh, inventory levels going up. And this happened at two different times. It felt like last year the ground was kind of shifting uh, under our feet during the year, multiple times in the year. We had the Fed quantitative easing happening, and, or quantitative quantitative tightening, not easing. Not easing. Um, and so we've had just a lot of different hurdles to navigate in the last 12 to 13 months in our business. And so I'm really excited about this episode because we just might be getting some reprieve from all of this stuff. Maybe, maybe, but you have to keep listening if you want to find out what is going to happen potentially in the future. So first, let me uh, just invite you to subscribe to the podcast, get the link or hit subscribe. Or if you're watching on YouTube, give us a quick like something and then that way. It's free. You're going to just get it popping up on your phone. Maybe even have a notification set. I don't know for what we drop because we're going to have another market, uh, a market um, podcast after this. So that said, let's get into our guest today. I have two guests with me. One, a Windermere Abode agent. He's been with us for over just about a little bit of a year and been in the real estate industry for five years also enjoys doing other things like such as photography, dog, playing volleyball, all these things. Uh, Spencer Eisman, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you, Dave? Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. You didn't want me to mention volleyball, but I did, though. I don't know why I'm all about. <laughs> okay, I, <laughs> I just want to make certain. <laughs> um all right, and the next guest I have is, you've heard his voice before. He's been 30 years in the mortgage and lending industry, um, the last 11 years with Guild Mortgage. He's been on the podcast. We talk the market all the time, and that is George Lane. How you doing, George? Doing great, Dave. Thanks for having me. Always fun to talk with you on market and our various, various string topics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so just in, just a heads up, if people we might get on a tangent. No, nah, we're gonna be all, we're gonna be on point today. I think it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited about the about the content today um, because we will be talking about the market. So I'll just start with you, Spencer. So you have boots on the ground with the buyers and sellers. What are you seeing out there right now, um, and what do those conversations look like? Yeah, I mean, I don't like to always use the pandemic as a marker for talking real estate, but it just happens to be so um, perfect in so many different contexts. But I mean, here in Pierce County, our price is appreciating 20% or so in a year just because of the pandemic. So I always to throw that out there and give a little context on like what got us to where we're at now. Uh, we're considerably slower than we were last or this time last year like our days on market for march of this year was 47 days and last year 14 um if people were here in the headlines and stuff last year they probably heard that it was insane in that you were competing against multiple offers prices were ridiculous unaffordable all that yeah and i guess this 
year we've heard a lot of the opposite like prices are falling doom and gloom just headlines all over the place but uh yeah it's kind of interesting out there for sure yeah it seems like the head like you mentioned the headlines it seems like the headlines have been have been kind of all over the place as of late uh recently for me i don't know i don't really read as much news on there i just kind of pick and choose my sources uh, my trusted sources but it's when i go look um it seems like there's a lot of different narratives out there kind of floating around right now um and so i don't know that's why i, I like having you on and and asking like what what's happening out there on the ground because your boots are on the ground um george similar thing uh what's you have boots of ground in the lending like in the lending world what are you seeing out there so far yeah you know what's interesting so uh, spencer you're talking about you know people being aware of of prices and what what's happened with with values um it's similar in lending from an interest rate standpoint people are very aware of what's happened with it with interest rates what I find more interesting is um, a lot of people aren't aren't as aware about down payment required and different kind of program options that are that are out there. You know, there's a common uh, misconception that we that people need twenty percent down still, which just blows me away that uh, there's still a thought process out there. But I I guess the the headline of market appreciation and interest rates rising has kind of captured everyone. And so the, the the finer details have been been lost a little. So it's very fun educating people on on what can be done and what how many options there are out there to help people get financed and and get into that home. It kind of just gets started with with owning and, and building that uh, that value in their home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just a lot. It, it there's just a lot going on. I mean, for a lot of people, there's a lot to consider in terms of. You know, they might have situations going on at work. They might not know what the future of that work is. They might have, I mean, there's just so many different factors based on the news, you know, and with the tech industry making cuts and layoffs. And I mean, there's just, there's a lot of factors for people to consider right now. I think that it's just a different time. It's a different time than just even like two years ago when we were in this, shoot, six months ago. Um, so Spencer, let's go back to you. Uh, you mentioned the inventory level. We currently have have a low inventory. We had a low inventory level. I mean, when I look at last year around this time, I think we were at about a 0.3 um, or 0.4 and we were hovering around there and now we're just under one month and we've been hovering around 0.8 to a month uh, worth of inventory. And for other pe- from, for people that are listening, months of inventories based on so like if we're at three to six months that would be considered a balanced market so we are in a strong seller's market still but it's kind of weird because it's only because of our rates and so what stretch like with the rate hikes from last year still being a factor um because we're still we still have higher rates than we had way higher rates than we had prior to uh last year what strategies are you recommending for your clients, like particularly in like first-time home buyers, to help them stay competitive in this market with the rates being so high? Yeah, I mean, I think another thing that the pandemic did was made our consumers in real estate a little hyper aware of what's happening. They're looking at stuff online like pretty consistently, hearing stuff like I said, headlines and all that. But first-time buyers, um, I always tell them get in front of a lender as soon as you can. You want to know your budget and what options you have for your loan. 
before you find your dream home, which is what most people are starting with. They're looking at houses online on Zillow or Redfin and just creeping in that sense and fall in love with something before they might be able to even go out and do it or logistically understand how to do it. And that's, you know, when you talked about, um, like just the, the strategies in terms of like creating a roadmap or talking to a lender. And that's what I like to talk about. Like is, you know, do you ever sense hesitance from people like that? Like, oh, well, we're not ready right now, but you have to be like, wait a minute, but like, you still need a plan. Um, yeah. leading up to that point. Yeah. I think, I mean, people get weird with their credit and like getting it checked. I think in any sense, it doesn't matter what you're buying. I think people always put the brakes when that stuff happens, but there's ways you can talk to a lender without them pulling your credit just to give you a good overview of what your scenario looks like or how you could get to a place where you want to be in your home buying journey. I mean, there's a lot of creative things that we've been doing even like towards the end of last year when it slowed down a little bit. Buyers were utilizing 321 or 21 buy down programs where you're getting costs covered by the seller to buy down your rate temporarily for the first two, three or even one year just to help with your payment scenario. I mean, yeah. can touch on some of that too. Mm-hmm. No, that's a man. You just gave George the perfect segue to the next question, which is like, so George, like the, there has been some good news, better news this year, like with the rate, the rate that, um, the rates rates, I should say, I'm thinking federate, like in my head, I'm like thinking about the federate, but I'm thinking about mortgage rates. Um, there's been some recent decreases to the average on a 30 year fixed mortgage. Um, and that's good news. I mean, we were up above seven just not too long ago. Um, how are you advising your clients to take advantage of these borrowing conditions and what impact do you expect will this have on our market? Um, you know, and also we had talked about timing the market before too. Like, so do you, how are you advising people with this? in this situation because they're kind of coming down, but we know they might be coming down more, but at the same time, it's, yeah, it's kind of weird, weird situation. Well, if you look at the beginning of the year, so when we were in January, we saw a nice decrease in rates from what we'd, what we'd seen last fall and, and through December. Um, and then February hit and it was the other direction, rate yeah. balance right back up to what we saw last fall. So we'd kind of had a, a strange year going, but, but we've since then been steadily kind of moving a little bit lower. And I would say right now we're we're kind of flatlining. We're kind of just going to be steady here for a while, which I think is a good thing from the standpoint that a little bit of assurance for buyers can be a good thing. One, just comfort level that rates aren't going to spring back up again, but two, that they're not going to go screaming down. So they're just going to wait, right? Wait to do anything. So my conversation with buyers is, are you comfortable with uh, the home you're looking at? Do you like it? Is it a neighborhood that works for you? All that. And is this payment going to work for you? And if it is, go for it because we're just going to refinance you when rates get lower and that we'll, we'll take care of it at that point. And that's kind of funny because that just segues into a little other conversation. Like, yeah, how does that work exactly? So we talk a little about refinancing right now, even though we're just yeah. talking about a purchase. But it's, you know, it's a very simple process and it's pretty clear when it's time to do that, that refinance. So my encouragement to people is, again, if you are comfortable with the payment, let's go. Because I think it's better to get in right now while values are, they have a drop, but they're not screaming up like we've seen the last couple of years. So there's a good opportunity to get here at a, 
at a decent uh, a decent purchase price, and we'll take care of that rate, lower that payment down the road. So that's kind of that's been my conversation with clients. And then when you talk about you know what what we might see going forward here, the the good news is the Fed has has signaled much more clearly their intent going forward. The expectation is that they're when they meet on May second and third, they're going to raise the Fed funds rate a quarter percent, mm-hmm. and we think that's going to be it then for the year, and that's going to that's going to cease their their tightening period. Uh, right. I mean, it's been going on for thirteen months now, so uh, it's gone up five and a, well after they raise in May, it'll be five and a quarter percent in the span of about fourteen months. That's a which is crazy significant. Significant increase, and so, so how does so so when we talk about the Fed rate, that's not the mortgage rate, right? So like, how does that? Do you think that that news of them cutting, like not like easing off the quantitative, uh, you know, tightening piece and right. and raising that Fed funds rate, do you think that will positively or negatively impact mortgage rates? Well, it, it's so far it's had a, a pretty positive effect in that we've actually seen stability with mortgage rates now for a little while. So the market already has priced in that quarter percent bump in May. So current mortgage rates are reflecting that expectation. Um, And they're pretty well priced in the expectation that the Fed's not going to do anything then the rest of the year. Of course, that could change all, you know, things things can happen. We've seen it over the last 18 months. But if, if it goes as we expect, what we're then refocused on is, is are the inflation numbers improving? Um, are retail sales slowing down? Are job, mm-hmm. Is job creation slowing down? Those, those kinds of things. And if we see those improve, or not improve, as we see those drop as we're expecting, that'll be good news from, for mortgage rates. We'll start to see mortgage rates slide a little bit lower. I, I don't yeah. know that we're gonna get a lot of action this summer, but by the fall, we should start to see rates move. A little bit lower yeah. from here, and then next year see much more activity in terms of improving interest rates. Yeah, well, that just sounds like music to my ears because we've had whether it's volatility, we've had just all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, it's always been something around the corner. It feels like you know, like just bad news, and it and it's yeah, bad news is the wrong word, but like, well, it is bad news. It's not positive news. Uh, and so it's nice to finally hear like the word stability or stabilizing. Like, can we just get something other than a steep increase in less than three months and then like craziness happening? So I'm really, really pleased to hear that. Um, Spencer, like since we had, so that's the rate side of the conversation, but we also have the reality, which is our inventory conversation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the median price is remaining steady around 525,000. Have you noticed any emerging trends in buyer preferences or any like types of homes, locations as they navigate this? Um, because while we have that rate conversation, I mean, there's still not a lot of inventory in Pierce County as well. No, yeah. Um, I mean, I try and host open houses pretty frequently just to get in touch with buyers and even potential sellers that are thinking about getting into the market. It seems like buyers have a pretty wide uh, area that they're looking in, multiple different areas. Uh, Most buyers are talking about like completely different neighborhoods. So there's some interesting trends happening there, I would say. Uh, I think 
people's jobs are starting to shift a little bit from being completely remote to being partially in person. So we got to take some of that into account too. Like not everybody's going to need a home office like they did for that year or so. That was kind of the hot button thing to market. You're only mobile. I mean, other trends, I think anything under the median is going to be pretty competitive and we've seen that multiple offers are starting to be a little more prevalent in the market and yeah, that's how it works seasonally, but anything under that median is going to be really competitive. And you see a home is marketed well, chances are there's going to be lots of people going after it. So yeah, that's typically like the, the barometer I use, but we also have something else where we can look at buyer activity. Um, but, um, like using that barometer of like the median price, what is the median price? And if we if the home is underneath that median price, just prepare for some activity for more activity than say if it's above. I don't know, just a general rule of thumb I like to use mm-hmm. uh, with people if they have that question. Um, <clears throat> but also, you know, just it's it's hard. I mean, are the costs involved in 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 the time involved in the whole process? Um, the emotional toll it may take. So I know that you you guys are, you know, you're all navigating that with your folks. And um, <clears throat> so we've talked about like different price points. George, are you seeing like as the mortgage rates, do they, as they, you know, come down to even just a stable level, um, does that create opportunities for younger buyers or buyer or, or first time home buyers? Um, and are there any challenges or that you've observed or specific things that speak to their needs in this market? Like, and, and how are we accommodating working towards, I mean, how are we working towards accommodating the first time home buyers and, and folks who may not be able to really get in just yet, but like it's starting to come down. Is there any, um, any way that we're helping those folks or is there different strategies that you might think of that we can? Well, yeah, there's a there's a couple things going on there, and I um, was joking with someone the other day about this. I remember last summer working up numbers for a client, and then I I finished all the numbers. I looked like, oh, that's not right. I did something wrong, and I go back in and recalculate. I was like, no, that's right. Oh my gosh, just I wasn't used to the rates having jumped so much, and what that meant for a payment impact. So just a drastic, drastic impact for people. So. You know, we've seen that purchasing power decline as as interest rates have gone up, and of course, home values had already done their done their thing. So, there's a couple things happening, just kind of market wide. Um, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have, at the direction of the FHFA, which is the Federal Housing Finance Agency, have made some changes to pricing in terms of more focus on first time home buyers with lower down payments and maybe even lower credit scores to try and try and make the the interest rates a little more accommodative for them to help them out. Um, so we've seen some some adjustments there. We're seeing some adjustments with mortgage insurance on the conventional side, not massive, but just a little bit of, of options there to help bring those prices down a little bit. And then FHA made a big change recently. They finally lowered the um, the cost or the, the the rate of their mortgage insurance. From 0.85 down to 0.55. That's a big. So deal. the interesting thing there is that um, historically, when I've been talking with people about going conventional or FHA, and the numbers have been similar, my bias has been go conventional because you can get rid of that mortgage insurance eventually. 
that's changed a little bit for me because number one, that lowering of the mortgage insurance rate has made FHA more competitive. Um, but the other thought process is we're expecting a couple of years from now to do a lot of refinancing. So if FHA payments lower, great, let's go for it. Let's use that for the next couple of years and then we'll refinance and, and get out of it. So I, I, that's not as big a factor as it, as it once was in terms of that, the advantage, the mortgage insurance advantage that conventional had. So that's been a kind of an interesting development recently. And then it's, it's just finding ways to utilize if we, if we have seller paid closing costs, okay, what can we do with that money? Um, Spencer talked a little bit about the two, one buy down and, and other, but there's also permanent rate buy downs we can look at. You know, so there's just lots of different things we can do with, with the, if there's an extra pool of money there uh, yeah. to try and get a little more creative, a little more um, helpful to people. Let's get those payments lower so they can be comfortable yeah. getting into that house and get qualified. Yeah, it's tough because when we talk about that affordability piece, I um I was looking at a graph on the National Association of Realtors website that and and broke and it was at Tacoma, Seattle, and Bellevue area, and then the other one chart was Washington. And going back to even say um you know March of 2019 or no I'm sorry, uh, like summer of 2019. And the affordability at that time versus even the affordability of the summer of 2022, it was like, you know, if you had 150,000, let's say that was the threshold household income, the amount of inventory that you had access to dropped like 20% and it, or in some cases, even more, depending on the, on the, um, on the price, the median household income that you're at, the level that you're at. So that, that's, that's why I asked the question just because it, I just see how, how much of a gap that was to drop even just over two years. And honestly, I don't see, and we've had this conversation before, like I'm cynical in a, in a sense that in terms of prices coming down, like doing a free fall or anything like that, I just feel like there's too much money pumped into the economy to just for things just to like do a free fall in terms of price. Um, I don't know. I don't see that. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but that's just the cynical side of me. I just don't think you can pump trillions and trillions of dollars into your, and then be like, oh, well, prices are going to come down. Well, I don't know. Um, well, that end, we have an incredibly large cohort of Americans <laughs> entering <laughs> their prime home buying right. age, their first time home buying age, and yeah. they're going to want to buy. They're going to want to live somewhere. So demand is, demand is going to stay steady for the next eight to 10 years. Right. Right. We need inventory. That's what we, that's what we need. Yeah. <laughs> more inventory. Um, and so that maybe I have a builder on, I need to get a builder on here. I haven't had a builder on, so that'll, that'll be my next one. Um, so for like last thing on the buyers, <clears throat> Spencer, do you feel like it would be safe for me to say, cause, um, oh, I read another article about uh 5.5% mortgage rate being kind of like the threshold where I think 3. 1 million more home, uh, home buyers will enter the market. And so I don't know where we're at today, but as of this article that I read, I think it was late last week, we were at about 6.2 to 6.3 national average 30 year fixed. Um, <clears throat> would it be safe to say that people should like to George's point earlier, like not trying to time the market and just get in if you're ready, if you're ready to go, like this is probably a good time because you guess what's going to happen at 5.5% or even if we get under six and get in the 5.75 range, I have a feeling people are going to be flooding in. 
Is that uh, should I should I be telling people like what should I be telling people, Spencer? What would you tell? I, me? I don't think there's any way you can really time the market. I know everybody wants to do that. We kind of touched on that a little bit too, but kind of depends on your scenario. And if you're renting, it just makes sense to put your money towards your own principal of a loan and you're making mm-hmm. money that way. You're making money off of your hopeful appreciation. I think we should be getting into the 6% again, hopefully by the end of the year. I mean, that's a lot more sustainable than the 20 we saw during the pandemic. But I mean, around here, I think buyer demand is going to stay strong because we have the military bases. We have a huge flux of buyers coming down from King County where they can't afford because the median price is so much higher. Mm-hmm. So we got those buyers in our market. We got people relocating from other states just from all the political stuff happening throughout the country. So mm-hmm. I think you're in a place where you can consider buying. Why not explore right. it and try make it happen? Yeah, no, it definitely interesting times ahead. Um, so let's flip to the sellers, uh, Spencer. So in your recent experience, like how have sellers in the Pierce County market been responding to, um, you know, the current conditions and like, like when we look at numbers as a, as a, as a brokerage, like on average, you know, most, and this is just for every brokerage and right now, not everyone was, has been getting up to this point, had been getting a hundred percent of their, you know, the price that they went on at. So pricing is important, um, all these things, but what tactics have you have proven most successful for you and whether it's someone you're working with listing or, um, someone that you've seen or just being in the market and looking at listings, what, what, what tactics would you tell sellers that have been proven to like, you know, get offers because most people that put their house on market are trying to sell it. So like, are there any strategies for the, for the sellers? Yeah. I mean, we touched on pricing. I think a lot of sellers have a, a preconceived notion where they think their house might be valued at just given what happened the last year where prices were going a hundred or whatever thousand over list price just because of competition. So I think they just easing that inflated sense of what their house might be worth with like mm-hmm. moving market and then having a strategy that not only makes you look really good online, cause that's where people are starting their searches video. Um, and then also like what happens during the transaction, where do buyers fall out most of the time inspection. So have a pre-inspection done on your listing. It gets um, buyers off of or out of that walkaway point is what I like to tell sellers. Just do all the work ahead of time. And maybe even utilize a program that you can get your house ready to list with um, like loaning money from a program like the Windermere Ready program is a good example where you can get money to freshen up the paint the house put staging in, um, fix the furnace, like just big ticket items that might cause buyers to walk away. Right. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's good info. So, and you know, cause we've been talking about buyers a lot in this, in this conversation so far, but you know, sellers, um, you know, a seller might, and they sell for different reasons. And so I think that that's interesting. Um, have you seen, and this is just a follow-up to that Spencer, have you seen any contingent offers out there? Are those, cause I mean, I mean the last two years they were like pretty much non-existent and then have you, are there any more out there that you're seeing? You know, it's been a while since I've seen a contingent 
property in the MLS, meaning somebody's trying to sell a house so they can finish their transaction to buy that one. But I had a buyer go under contract with a contingent offer not even two months ago. Oh, they're still out there. It just, I think they're kind of dwindling with what's happening with seasonality and rates and all that. Yeah. And so for those listening, if you don't know what a contingent offer means, that means that you are, you are putting an offer on a home with a basically in lieu of, in, with a contingency that you have to sell your home to purchase the, the home that you put an offer on. Um, and the timeframes around that and all that other stuff. That's a, if you want to learn about a contingent offer, you can go and follow, like do a search on our podcast. It's out there. Um, but maybe we need to review that because it's been pretty much in that, uh, heavy sellers market. Sellers were running things and contingent offers are pretty much just not even being considered. Um, so I, there was one other point, George, that, um, this is another piece of sunshiny thing that we had talked about and I really latched onto it because I was like, oh, because I had a friend tell me that the real estate and the housing market typically front runs other markets when we're going through things. So we've seen some bad, you know, it's, it was tough in Q4 and Q1, uh, Q4 of 22, Q1 of 23. It definitely was tough. You know, like it was, we were way off and, um, and so I had a friend tell me that earlier this year. And then I was just like, huh, as I'm watching things, I'm watching the car industry, you know, panic and panic mode. There's more banks cut, like pulling out of the lending, like arm of, of, of the auto industry right now. I'm seeing commercial real estate people start to, you know, I'm like, okay, they're feeling the pain that we probably have felt in November and last fall and, and moving into this year. You mentioned um, in a conversation before that rates typically fall during a recession. And what's the reasoning for that? And does that has that typically happened in the past? Well, yeah. So, and, and that's where that's where you see the Fed reacting to the recession, where they have to loosen up again. And okay, we don't want to see the Fed go back to zero like we saw before. But but eventually they should start to loosen. And I I would expect it's going to happen next year. There are a few economists out there projecting it might happen late this year, but mm -hmm. as the Fed starts to, to loosen up rates, that that causes other activity to try and loosen up in the economy when we hit a recession. So we'll start to see your interest rates move down, move yeah. lower, just to to kind of basically get things going again. We're expecting a recession, but we don't want to be in a recession, right? So ideally, <laughs> get things. We hit it. We start trying to get things going and and loosened up. So interest rates usually will 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 drop in a recession as we're trying to get the economy kicking again. Yeah, and that's and I you know once once I heard that I was like, huh, oh, I'm gonna go look at some history and just see what's going. On. And yeah, typically I what I found is that they do that to stimulate the economy or to help keep things going. Um, and so I want to preface that conversation with to people like saying that that does not mean that there won't be pain in other sectors, you know, that, right. that because we are in a recession or we're close to, or in one or whatever, that means that other people are feeling pain in other places. But for our industry specifically, um, based on where we were at with our rates, um, that is a positive thing when the rates for, for people, when the rates are coming down. So no, thank you. Yeah. You know, and when you think of, of recession, so, I mean, there's opinions all, all over the board on are we going to go into a recession? When's that going to happen? The the one the one expectation is that it's not going to be a deep recession. Nothing like the Great Recession we saw 
2009, 2010. We're not going to see that again. Um, so one other thing that happens often in recessions is that home values do very well. And that's historically, except for the Great Recession, home <laughs> values typically go up even during uh, even during a recession. So um, for our industry, that tends to be a, a good thing. And and if interest rates come down, that's again that's a good thing overall. But as to your point, that doesn't mean it's fun for the whole economy. There are people who are going to lose jobs. There's going to be struggle for for people. We're just not expecting to be anywhere near as severe. So when I've hear, heard people say, oh my God, a recession, don't picture 2008, 2009. Picture 19, picture 2001, the, the dot com where it was down and we bounced back pretty quickly and, and came out of it pretty yeah. quick. So that that's more likely what we're going to see. Well, we kind of you kind of touched on my last question, and I kind of was leading down that path. But what are are there three you know based on the Fed, and we've talked about the Fed um, and the May you know the May meeting, and the last time that they'll hopefully um, raise the the Fed rate this year, and we're stabilizing. Um, is there any reason to be optimistic for the next three quarters of this year, include this quarter and the next two after? Yeah, I. Um... I, I keep referring to this as our reason for hope, our reason for hope, because I think there are there is there are reasons to hope. Um, one, we are starting to see not the numbers adjust a little bit. Um, retail sales truly dropped last month, um, and that's just there's been so much money in the economy from the pandemic sp- stimulus and whatnot. There's just a lot of money in the economy, so. We need people to hang out of that money a little bit more and, and slow down their, their purchases. So if you're watching retail sales, we want to keep seeing those numbers drop. Um, in terms of the jobs market, we would like to see new jobs created fall under 200,000. That's a good benchmark. If we're seeing that number around 200,000 or a little bit lower, that's, that's good news for us. And what we really need to see is um, inflation as measured by the consumer price index, we need to see that dip lower. We need to see that get below five. That's that's a, a real, if we can get to that point, and particularly if we can see core CPI, which strips out energy and food, if we can see that dip below five, that's going to be, again, more and more pressure on interest rates to move lower uh, okay. because there's just there's better things happening overall for the economy where we're, we're getting back to our, our more normal. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to get there, and I feel I feel really optimistic after the uh, our yesterday our conversation and just what I'm seeing in the market, um, and buyer expectations and seller expectations. I just feel like you know the fact that we're on a stable, more stable, stable floor, a stable ground. Um, everyone can expect. We just know what to expect. You know, I think that that's helpful because up to this point, the last twelve to thirteen months, it's been. We don't know what to expect. And that's not a fun thing to talk to your people about. Well, you know, it's interesting along those lines. So the Fed started raising the Fed funds rate last March. Mm-hmm. So March of 2022. And the the historical time period is 12 to 18 months after they start raising rates. That's how long it takes for the that that tightening to actually take effect. So I've, I think I've mentioned this to you guys before. That if you think about a car trying to stop from 60 miles an hour, it's going to take, what, 100 feet for them to stop? Mm-hmm. It takes a locomotive one mile to stop once it starts braking, okay? Mm-hmm. Our economy is a locomotive. It's not a car stopping. <laughs> yeah. 
it's just taken a long time and we're finally starting to see some of that take a take effect it's just i think we've we've just the headline number of how much rates have gone up is like why is the economy not slowing down because it's a big big engine it right. takes a long time to slow down and we're starting to see that happen so well whew, well that 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 makes me feel really good um i hope it makes folks listening feel feel more optimistic um and i like the term hope and yet yeah, because my wallet is definitely a little uh uh What's the uh, the mold cars that used to uh, an Omni? I don't even know what they were back in the day, but man, because yeah, it hasn't been it hasn't been good. Um, the last the last couple quarters has been has, hasn't been fun, but we're still working. We're still here for our people. We're still trying to do our best. We're still you know doing what we do, you know, and just moving through it. So it's all you can do. That's right. But I'm really excited for for people um, to hear some better news if they're looking in the market in the housing industry. I know that there's some more pain to go for other other sectors. Um, do any of y'all have, so Spencer or, or George, do you have any other things on your chest before we move to the next segment? Anything burning burning that you didn't get off? Spencer, anything? I don't think so. Got everything off. Um, George, anything? I mean, All right, yeah, well, I have other, um, so I'm also in the crypto industry or just, I, I follow I follow crypto. Bitcoin has had three green months in a row. I think George and I were talking about this. So like when I say that there's some optimism, like, and I, since I've been following Bitcoin, I can't remember, I, I can't remember there being three green months. So I think May will be uh, red because they always say May, sell and May walk away. But like, um, I do think that that's, I don't know, that's, Typically, that volatile market is uh, it, it it shows some signs of things. So, for example, like with the um, the crypto fallout, like that happened before the banking fallout. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it front runs some things uh, in in certain senses because of the volatility and the deregulation and all of the other things. Um, anyway, so let's move on to our next segment called Hot Take. Hot Take is a segment where i'm just going to ask you a question either or question and you just pick one and yeah we'll get to know a little bit more about y'all in the process are y'all ready for hot take ready oh they're ready i don't i can't surprise people no more with hot take because they just they already know it's coming now it's well mo- some people some people people that listen all five no i'm joking there's more <laughs> um all right spencer you ready we'll start with you first all right, coffee or tea? I'm gonna say coffee. Coffee, you're a coffee person, okay. Always iced. <laughs> you don't drink hot coffee? No hot coffee. Only if it's like freezing outside or I'm like covered in rakers. <laughs> okay, okay. George, how about yourself? Coffee or tea? Neither, I don't drink coffee or tea. As a matter of fact, I don't drink hot drinks at all. Oh, interesting. You know what? Was that you? I asked that before, or I don't know, but like, yeah, um, that's that's me. And so I, I asked the question just because uh, most people, or a lot of people, especially in our industry, drink up. But anyway, oh, yeah. drink a lot of it. the club. Be in the club. <laughs> Be in the club. Uh, all right, Spencer, city living or country life? City. City? City living? Okay. George, what do you what do you say? City all the way. Oh, okay. City, city living. Man, I do like Montana though. Like I love the country. But yes, I have a city. I'll visit it. 
but if we're talking living, in the <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Spencer, binge watching or weekly episodes? Ooh, that's a good one. I'm going to go with weekly episodes because some of them look forward. Weekly episodes, okay, okay. George, binging all the way. Binging, yeah. Yep. Yeah. My wife and I will sit down and knock out three, four episodes and away we go. Yep. Yeah. That's I think that's because part of part of because like maybe Spencer's restoring the feeling and I'm like, man, I used to have to wait weeks for, for shows. I don't want to do that no more. So I actually like this right and I can pick up and watch them whatever I want. Spencer, I appreciate you restoring the feeling though. Like that's <laughs> Um All right. Road trip or plane ride, Spencer? Well, I'm going to go with my Midwest roots and say road trip because we can drive it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like I like road trips too. George, how about yourself? Oh, well, okay. I'll tell you what. My preference would be road trip. My reality is plane rides because my wife <laughs> is not like road trips. Oh, really? <laughs> That's good. Yeah, no, I love a good road trip, man. Like, I don't know why I just do in flying. I just saw a video of some dude that was angry because they had an 18 hour, like kept getting pushed back and he was mad. But you know what? The awareness of this man, and I was like, man, I feel him. Um, the awareness of this man to say at the end of his tirade, be like, I know you're a good person, but the place you work for. And I was like, thank you. You know, that that's cool. That was really nice of him after his long tirade <laughs> to, to really acknowledge the person that he's yelling at. So I thought that, that was, you typically don't see that. Um, all right, last one, and this is probably the most important question of Hot Take. Spencer, dogs or cats? Dogs. Dogs, okay. So all the cat people are gonna gonna be in my DMs. And I like cats, but I prefer dogs. Okay, okay, you prefer dogs. You like cats, though. Are you, I'm allergic to cats. Are you allergic to cats? No, they just, I mean, I grew up with them, so I wasn't allergic to them. Okay. <laughs> Uh, George, dogs or cats? 100% dogs. There will never be a cat in my household. Never, ever. Dogs all the way. He said that like you was, you really, you really are adamant about that one. We're firm on that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm a, um, I'm allergic to cats, so that's, it's never even been an option for me. So yeah, you put a cat around me. If that dander gets anywhere near my anything up here, it's going to be over for me for the rest of the day. Like I'm a, I'm a hot mess. Um, well, that'll do it for hot take. You guys survived. Thank you for participating. And that is going to do it for today's podcast. Very informative, really good stuff. Um, so George, we'll start with you first. Where can people find you? if they want to get in touch with you and learn more. Cell number's the easiest way. 253-209-1895. Call me, text me. Right. Always, always available. Yep. So George can help you out as well. So Spencer, how can people find you if they want to learn more about the market or buy a home? Yeah, you can call or text me at 253-254-6044. Or you can stay in touch with me on Instagram, just Spencer underscore Eisman. I do some stuff on Facebook, but not as often as Instagram, so find me there. All right. Well, thank you all for joining. It's always a pleasure. Uh, George, you've been on here multiple times, I think. And like I said in the beginning, I think we're going to do one more market. I just want to get some different perspectives and other perspectives. So folks listening, we will have more market 
um, uh, content for you because I think it's just really important right now as we move forward and and hopefully things are getting a little bit better for you. So anyway, with that, that is it for this episode of Inside a Boat. Appreciate y'all listening. Hope you got some gems in here and got some good information. I know you did because I did. And that's it. And we'll see y'all next time. All right. Peace.